Theme song in three, two, one. It'll play. It's gonna play the play the theme song. Jesus, what the heck is going on here? The theme song's not playing. Oh my gosh, gush, golly, gish. All right, here we go. And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Sorry, I was trying to uh, <laughs> really pad that out because uh, I needed to. Uh, episode 198 here, Constitutionals Podcast. If you're watching this, uh, and, I, and I, oh God, I hope you are. Uh, I can't take something off this video. I hope it's not on the main video. If you're watching this, you will see that I am uh, not messing around with the DSLR today. Just don't feel like it. Also, I don't think any of the batteries are charged. 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 So I am using the webcam of my 2015 laptop to record. Uh, let me tell you, Windows <laughs> cameras on these laptops, not good. The one time I wish I owned a Mac. Boy, oh boy. This, this, let me tell you, this water I just took a sip of out of my, out of the U2 cup I got from, uh, if you watch this video, God, you should be watching it because you're, oh, you're missing out. The U2 Experience plus Innocence Tour 2018 I got in California. The cup is recyclable. I will let you know that I did not buy anything at that concert. Except for that that T-shirt that is 100% fake, 129,000% fake. Uh, but I did not buy anything at that concert. And when I was leaving, uh, somebody left this cup in the cup holder, and I grabbed it, and I <laughs> a rode the train from you know wherever city uh, back to San Jose to where I was staying. Uh, B washed it out in my friend's sink of his uh, efficiency. We didn't even have a studio; it was an efficiency, uh, which I slept, slept on the floor. And uh, C packed it and flew back to where was I uh, Atlanta at the time so there you go episode 198 constitutionals podcast we're here Nova's uh, taking a nap she was outside earlier today she was outside it was raining it was actually it was uh, storming here in Atlanta I'm not, I'm, I only have three stories, so I could tell as many, <laughs> talk as much as I need to up top. But it was, uh, it was raining here. I, I wake up for the gym at 4.30, go to the gym, opens at 5. So I wake up, at, uh, so it's like 3.30, it's like 2 o'clock, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And, uh, uh, and you know what, before I went to, I, I lay down in bed around 9.30. And uh, as I'm watching television, uh, oh God, I just got uh, as I'm watching television, uh, I am, uh, I see flashes of light. I see flashes of light. And then probably 30 seconds later, half a minute, traditional time, you just hear just rolling thunder. And I go, oh, here comes that storm because there's supposed to get storms. Here comes that storm because of the storm. Go to bed, two o'clock in the morning, 
more thunders, wind, everything's you know just going around. Uh, it just it's just going crazy, and then uh, it's I and I'm waking up throughout the middle of the night, but I'm getting it's like very light, very light sleeping. I'm just uh, tossing and turning, even though I have my my noise machine on. I did not put in the earplugs so I can get a full. <laughs> I fell asleep to a, a Peloton meditation. I go, I wake up, I turn, look at my uh, the Google Nest Hub that is sitting on my my nightstand as my uh, thing and it's like it says like you know three o'clock three thirty and i'm just in i'm seeing the time uh, encroach closer to four thirty, and uh, you know every so often i wake up and then i hear rustling and i hear a meow just like a, a loud meow just like a like a curious you know papa are you awake i'm afraid and she comes into my room she starts i have a uh I have an extra um, uh, claw tree thingy in there for her, uh, and she's she's playing on that. And then uh, she, I have a I have a, 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 a little dust vacuum thingy, like one of the portable vacuums. And she's chewing on a wire. She chews on wires. She chews on boxes and chews on wires. Uh, she's doing the most, as the kids say. And it's truly annoying. And she, so she's chewing on this, and I'm just. And, you know, I can hear her. I can hear her because it's just, it's like her and the noise machine. The storm is now over. And all I hear is. <laughs> so I like, every so often I just get up and go, stop it. Don't stop it right now. <laughs> just. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then at some point she just hopped onto the bed, walked around on the bed, starts kneading, you know, just what cats do when they're happy. She's kneading on me. She's purring. She's rubbing her head in my face. Uh, and then, and then it's four thirty, and I have to wake up. <laughs> and that is that was that was that was last night, this morning. I am so tired. I want to take a nap, but uh, it is now three o'clock, and I have to put the show out. <laughs> I have to, for all six of the viewers. <laughs> so here we are, one ninety eight. Just keep re- just keep reintroducing. Just bring it back up. No, someone's talking. 198. Uh, oh, before this, I watched the uh, trailer for the new Suicide Squad. So last week was that uh, the Zack Snyder uh, cut of Justice League. Um, the last, the last superhero thing I watched. When Flash eventually ends on CW, and uh, which I can only assume at season ten, because I think it was renewed for eight. Um, I am done with superhero stuff. No more. No more. I am done with superhero stuff. Uh, but I did watch the uh, Snyder cut because I was interested. And so leading up to that, I watched Man of Steel, then uh, Dawn of Justice, and uh, oh, we're getting a phone call over here. Let me just turn that down. It sounds like it's a scam call. It looks like it's a scam call. Uh, and then, Jesus, turn it down, chat. And then, um, and then uh, I watched uh, uh, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, which is again another version of the Snyder's. Uh, best version of that film. And then I watched the original Justice League, Joss Whedon uh, cut. And uh, I don't know what this. And then, um, and that was not good. So then I took a couple of days off. <laughs> and on Monday, I watched the Snyder cut all na- afternoon. Enjoyed my time with it. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I look at Ezra Miller and I go, God, I look at him and I said, I remember that video of when he knocked out that, uh, that woman 
I can just only think, man, he knocked out a woman. <laughs> the same thing I, I think of when I see Chris Evans. I, you know, I just go, uh, God, he he defended that uh, that kid. <laughs> Dig deep. Dig deep. Uh, so anyway, trailer for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad came out today. And the reason why this is such a big deal is because this is the movie that you know Warner hired him after he was fired from uh, Guardians 3. Probably because of how bad Guardians 2 was. <laughs> I do not like that movie at all. And, and uh, I knew going in that the cast is mostly white. And it's all mostly white guys. And, but no one's going to see that because all I see is James Gunn. Uh, so I watched the trailer, mostly white people. With the exception of Viola Davis and... Oh, God. Oh, what is his name? Indra Selva. And uh, Mei Ling Ning. There's like, you know, there's like a couple of smatterings here, but it's like, it's Steve Gunn. Oh, Steve Gunn. So I saw Steve Agee's name. Uh, James Gunn hiring his friends. Which is fine, but Jesus, you know how many dark color friends? <laughs> anyway. Do you like uh, Margot Robbie and uh, Idris Elba? And, you know, a handful of other people. But let's move on. Let's like you're not here to, to listen to that. You're here to listen to this. To listen to this. This show. First story. You're here to hear to you're here to listen to it in nine minutes, Jesus. You're here to listen to a guy talk about entertainment business news. Entertainment business news. That's what the show's about. I got one of those things from the New York Times, written by John Coblin, my dear friend. Ellen DeGeneres loses 1 million viewers after apologies for toxic workplace. Uh, obviously, we know what happened from the past summer, this past summer, when, uh, okay, we know what happened. I'm sorry, I just, I just read something that uh, I thought the show was canceled, but it's not. Anyway, God, someone's just revving their engines. We read something, uh, we read something, we knew that, uh, we found out that Ellen DeGeneres' show was had a toxic work environment uh unbeknownst to her and also beknownst to her because she was less involved as as least involved as uh as someone could be uh so part of the blame is on her part of the blame is on the three or four or five producers that were in charge of that stuff so they returned from that summer hiatus they usually take which three months off? That's like SNL. That's crazy. Does any other talk show do that? Did Oprah do that? Does Mari do that? <laughs> so the show opened, came back up in uh, September, and uh, she came back with an apology as well as an audience uh, that's not live. It was a uh, a digital audience, and everybody watched that. Even I watched that, and I've never seen that show. <laughs> Uh, it had the highest ratings for an Ellen premiere in four years. And then after that, a million people stopped watching. Ellen has lost more than a million viewers since September 
according to research firm Nielsen, averaging 1.5 million viewers over the last six months, down from 2.6 in the same period last year. Now, it's interesting. I really do wonder if that is due to... I wonder if a million people fell into the idea, ideal... Like they, they, like they thought they had this idealized version of Ellen and said, I, and when we're, and we're personally affected by her, you know, by finding out that she unbeknownst to her, uh, fostered this kind of workplace environment. I wonder, I wonder if that is, uh, if that is the case. That's a 43% decline because, you know, because when someone gets canceled, like T.I., T.I. and his wife, who just found to have sexually abused uh, multiple women when they were some below the ages of consent and others as adults. And uh, when I found that out, I said, all right, I can't listen to T.I. anymore. So I deleted him from playlists. Same thing for Jason Aldean. Uh, he, his wife posted something uh, very Trumpy. And then uh, he posted something very Trumpy. And then I said, no, no, no. 43% decline. This TV season. Uh, Dr. Phil is still going on. <laughs> All right, so compare those numbers to Dr. Phil's 2.5 million, live with Kelly and Ryan, 2.7 million. Now she's closer to Maury, which is at 1.4 million. Kelly Clarkson, which is at 1.3, uh, which I thought would be a lot higher. I really thought Kelly would have a lot more share of the viewers, but also with daytime. Uh, Rachel Ray, 1.2 million, and she's been going for a minute too. Tamron Hall, she just started $1.1 million. And Jerry Springer's former security guard, Steve Wilkos, which apparently his show is still going at $1.1 million. The network I previously worked at, uh, their shows get significantly less. <laughs> Even still, Steve Wilkos. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's what happens when you let, go, when you let me go. You get, you get uh, d- d- tagged. <laughs> That's a 38% decline in her core audience, which is adult women under 54. Wow, holy crap. And it appears, this is the first time reading this article, has <laughs> appears to uh, have put a dent in the show's ad revenue. From September to January of the 2019-2020 season, Ellen brought in $130 million from advertisers, according to research firm Kantar. That's fallen to $105 million for the same period for 2021, uh, 2020 and 2021, that's a drop of about 20%. So you know that when a host, for instance, Tucker Carlson, is being a jerk-off, and uh, they say something, um, you, you know, anything that he says, basically, <laughs> then, then ad partners buy, don't want to buy ad time, or they buy less ad time, uh, but more importantly, they buy no ad time, which means that your show becomes this less coveted, you know, thing. Because, like, if, you're, if your show airs at 8 p.m., um, on a uh, Monday through Thursday, 
and it's one of the highest rated shows on that network. Um, and and you lose ad share because of that, or because of what you say, then your show could be canceled. Ads are still very important, very very important. Super Bowl, Oscars, the rest. The show's going to come back, uh, and I think I think it'll bounce back. I think people are. <laughs> They're blaming. They said, "Well, well, broadcast is down across the board, uh, and COVID has been challenging for production." Uh, yeah, that's boilerplate stuff. I, uh, you know, the show's going to come back. Um, I think that they really have to show. I remember when uh, I think like two or three months, or maybe yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, some amount of time after this most current season of Ellen started back up, people there were saying it still wasn't as you know as good as it's supposed to as it's as it's supposed that's supposed to be a good it was sorry it's not it's not what it uh once was i guess because now that these things are out in the open and uh and it just feels like it's a, a strange environment to be in because of the tension in the air it's so thick hmm uh let's see I mean, Ellen's got a brand. Ellen's got a brand that she is trying to. You know, when you when you say you're this, let's look at Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, when it was announced, when it was revealed a, a year, a couple of years ago, uh, that he has this whole list of rules. Like you can't look at him in the hallway. You can't look at. You have to knock on his door. If his door is closed, then you can't come in. And he doesn't like to be bothered at work and don't talk to him and all this stuff. Uh, I get that. Because that's the kind of person that he kind of he puts off, puts out in the in the world, uh, versus Ellen, where on her show she, uh, and this goes for Steve Harvey for every show, for Family Feud, for uh, the Steve Harvey show, which I guess is over, and for his new show, which I guess is coming out at some point. Uh, this, th- like that's that's what he seems like, uh, and so and when you look at Ellen in her show, uh, and. And even the the sitcoms she was on before that, I mean, she seems like a person that you're supposed to be able to, you see her in a coffee shop and you can walk up to her, shake her hand and go, hey, Ellen, I love your show. You're the best. But now, but fine, but people finding out that she is uh, not the nicest person, they like it's, they don't believe it. Because she's been doing this for, she's been what in in this career since the late eighties, early nineties. I think. I mean, it's, she's going to bounce back. She's people still seem to like her. People are still going to go on her show. And when she has that interview that you want to see, then it's still going to happen. Now, it'd be it would be really serious if we found out that Oprah was like this. I would go, Oprah, no. But I don't think she is. Somebody's awake and licking themselves. This next one comes from uh, Engadget. I'm sorry, I was trying to find... (laughs) I was trying to find... (laughs) I clicked off the website and then I went, where is the thing? Where's the tab? This comes from Engadget, written by R. Lawler. And we're going to be clicking around a couple of stories, so pay attention. 
this kind of, uh, WSJ. Microsoft is now in exclusive talks to acquire Discord. So it was rumored earlier this week, or last week, excuse me, that Discord, the primarily gaming-focused chat app, was going to be sold to Microsoft, of all things. So on Discord, it's like gamer slack uh, with video. So you can do video, you can chat with people, you can have your own rooms, and it's all encrypted and secure. And uh, it's a very slick-looking app that I cannot, and voice, there's voice too, cannot for the life of me figure out how to work. Also, you probably have to have friends uh, who use it. So (laughs) you can't just join a conversation, uh, which I wouldn't want to do anyway. So last week, VentureBeat... And some other places, VentureBeat and Bloomberg, uh, said that, I'm, I'm going to read the VentureBeat article, said that uh, that Discord is worth more than $10 billion. It might be. Now I'm going to put might in front of all this stuff. Uh, it's it's worth more than $10 billion. Uh, Discord actually raised $140 million in September and had a $7 billion valuation. That That's based on... Um, Discord is a is a tech unicorn, like every other, you know, tech stock out there. It's a tech unicorn, um, and it's a way it's a way for people to not use Xbox Live or PlayStation Network or uh, Nintendo Voice Chat. That's a that's a podcast. <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo's uh, uh, app to to talk to people. It's just an easier way to connect, an easier and more secure and more reliable way to connect. So, Microsoft is in talks to buy them. Buy them out. Using the words advanced and exclusive. This comes from the Wall Street Journal. The talks could fall apart. And those ha- and that has been uh, part of the conversation for, for the entirety of this. They, they have always said the talks could fall apart. We're trying to go to Wall Street Journal over here on the uh, Apple News app. Because baby, I got I got Apple News for six months, and God bless it, I'm gonna use it. You know, unfortunate is that uh, you can't search for specific things. You have to scroll through the sections. In particular, for Wall Street Journal, again, didn't pay for it. Shout out to Verizon. All right, well, I guess it doesn't matter. So why would this be a good move for Microsoft? Well, Microsoft is in the acquisition business. And rather than worry about making software with their limited first-party studios, they have been focused on the hardware aspect or the lack thereof, especially with the cloud stuff. So I think I, t- I talked about it last week, the Microsoft X Cloud, which I bought that wireless controller and I plugged it up to my phone and bada bing, bada boom. I'm playing Game Pass games. I'm playing games from my Xbox on my phone. Uh, and it's all a part of that, that little subscription they have. I mean, Jimmy Christmas. Also this week, uh, Amazon Luna, which is their cloud gaming thing. Uh, I got an email about joining the beta program. So I joined it. Seven day trial. Jesus. 
And also, that controller I got doesn't work with uh, with anything but Xbox stuff, Android or Xbox. That's it. That's all I worry. And then I mean, not not even the Xbox console. I mean, it works only on Android. <laughs> so you have to have an Android phone, and it works only with the Xbox app. It doesn't work with any other app. And trust me, I've tried upwards of zero. <laughs> but it truly, it only works with Xbox. Uh, and so why would you buy that? I would rather have spent $60 on another, which I've already done, on an Xbox um, core controller, the new version that comes with the, uh, uh, the, the, the what's it called, the uh, Series X, and it works on Xbox One, but also iOS and Android and literally everything else. <laughs> Ridiculous. 24 minutes. 24 minutes. Ridiculous. So why is this pertinent? Why is this a good idea for them? I mean, they have the cloud. They're making the Xbox brand. It's a thing. Earlier this week, it was announced that uh, they're changing Xbox Live to Xbox Network. They want to make Xbox synonymous with technology and not just gaming. Whereas PlayStation Nintendo, that's just gaming. Although I think there's a PlayStation Arena somewhere. And this would be really good. This would be really good uh, because then they could turn Discord into, they can implement that directly into the Xbox app and uh, inside the Xbox itself. Again, I do not play online games. I play single player games. That's it. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nobody. Bloomberg reported uh, report suggested uh, Microsoft is interested in acquiring the app, quote, as a place to talk for many of the communities that use it, not just gamers for Xbox Live or for Xbox Live. Remember when they bought Mixer and then they shut down Mixer? Oh, that's my phone. I was, I was like, one of these Googles just uh, popped. So I, I do think this is a good buy for them because discord does have that high quality audio and that's why uh venture beat has pointed out in this venture beat article written by uh, who's the person dean takahashi clubhouse is a very is an up-and-coming app that's very exclusive and then twitter is making spaces for audio stuff so if if discord's already out there and it's a it's a way to have these conversations and maybe expand it past, you know, uh, what it is now and doing you're doing stuff that Clubhouse and Spaces are doing, then why not? Let's go for it. They use it for esports, gaming community chat, other functions. Let's do it. Hey, listen, last thing. We don't take any breaks, not when the uh, the laptop camera works. <laughs> I only take breaks because of the, that other camera. This final thing comes from The Verge, written by Casey Newton. Is he still doing stuff for The Verge? <laughs> Look, the thing is, Casey Newton left The Verge to write for Substack. To, not to write for Substack. To make his own publishing newsletter over there on Substack. He's making a buttload of money. And let me con- let me confirm that he's making a buttload of money because I don't want to talk out of school here. But I guess he is 
the right platformer. Yeah, I guess that's what it's called, platformer. Let me read it first. I guess he's also doing some uh, freelance stuff for them. I, ta- I, I talked about this when I did uh, either the news time episode or the um, uh, the constitutionals episode. That's what the show is. I talked about this, saying that he's for the bigger stories. He's not gonna. He's like it's not. He's not gonna be able to do it himself. Like he's gonna have to publish somewhere else because no one's gonna go to uh, you know platformer.news or Substack in order to see this. That's like if I ever interviewed Eddie Murphy, I wouldn't put it on C plus comedy. Like I wouldn't be able to put it on C plus comedy. I'd have to go on, you know, E News. <laughs> I never work for them. Cut to a week later. Well, please hire me, E News. Please, please, please. <laughs> the message medium. Fourteen current and former employees explain what's going on. So this is a, a big old piece. But uh, the crux of it is. That Joe Biden, <laughs> this, is so, this is so interesting. This is I read I read the first paragraph and I was like I gotta add this to the notion uh, thing, notion uh, thing, notion list so I can do it on the Constitution. President Joe Biden is being served porn on Medium. So every time he, somebody from Joe Biden's camp, the communications director, for instance, posts on Medium uh, in the related section, there's it's just all porn stuff. <laughs> Uh, and they're unsure if anybody uh, saw the story, but but the thing is, it's happening on the back end. Like the the suggestions are coming on the back end. No one is you know using Joe Biden's Medium account to look at porn <laughs> or to read a porn post. The episode captured this is what Newton wrote. Medium in. Uh, all its complexity, a publishing platform used by the most powerful people in the world, an experiment in mixing highbrow and lowbrow in hopes of sustainable in hopes a sustainable business would emerge, and a devotion to algorithmic recommendations over editorial curation that routinely caused the company confusion and embarrassment. On Tuesday, it cost dozens of journalists their jobs. In a blog post, billionaire Medium founder Ev Williams, which Add some letters to the end of Ev. Announced the latest pivot for the nine-year-old company. Two years into an effort to create a subscription-based bundle of of publications committed to high-quality original journalism and in the immediate aftermath of a bruising labor battle that had seen its workers fall one vote short of forming a union, Williams offered buyouts to all of its roughly 75 editorial employees. Wow. So again, we come to this uh, union, this union thing. I think the only, man, I think the only, uh, the only unions are the ones that are formed with the old money companies. That's New York Times, L.A. Times, the Tribune, which I think are all owned by the same people. Uh, NPR, you know, I, I, Wapo. I think it's like only them because it, it, the union busting here just takes. It takes a lot out of these um, these new employees at these uh, newer companies. Medium entered the year with more than 75 people lost their jobs. And they tried the bundle thing. Medium tried the bundle thing. But Medium is more 
and this is just the way I see it, Medium is more of a blog spot because anybody can post there. And the reason why Substack is doing it so well is because I think it's just better writers. I would love to see Substack's financials because I don't think any of this can be sustainable for anybody. I mean, look at Medium. 700,000 paid subscriptions, putting on track to earn more than $35 million in revenue. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Oh, Ev Williams is uh, one of the founders of Twitter. Interesting. Wow. Raised $132 million in venture capital, but its last funding came in 2016. Oh, Williams has been funding the company out of his own pocket. Interesting. Medium's original journalism was meant to give shape and prestige to an essentially random collection of writing gated behind a soft paywall that costs readers $5 a month or $50 a year. Eleven owned publications covered food design, business, politics, and subject and other subjects. <laughs> and subjects. But in the end, frustrated that medium staff journalist stories weren't converting more free uh, readers to paid ones, Williams moved to wind down the experiment, throwing dozens of journalists' livelihoods into the question, just as he had in 2015, when he laid off 50 people amid a pivot away from advertising on the site. And that, uh, that's what I was thinking about. It's they're g- Things like, okay, how is Substack pulling in money? Uh, they could because they're paying a lot of people. Um, some people they're paying them up front just to publish on the site uh, entirely, but they're making money based off of the idea that anybody can bring their audience, Casey Newton from The Verge, bring that audience to his own Substack, and then then that person will give them seven eleven percent. Of what they own, of what they own, of what they uh, what they make. What if that uh, what is her name Heather something? If the that Heather woman who has like the highest paid Substack, she's making like a million and five a year uh, for if she can if she keeps the subscriber numbers, um, and she, and then she'll be paying out. Uh, I don't know the math. What's the, what's ten percent of a million? A billion. I have only seen that movie once, <laughs> but man, oh man, could I pull that one reference? And it was barely even that. Uh, the Social Network, that's the movie I was talking about. So she's paying them 100000 <laughs> or 150000 if it's uh, 1.5. So she's, and so she's doing that. And then ever, and then let's say there's another, another million dollar substack out there and there's five more a million dollar substacks and they're all paying a hundred thousand dollars back in revenue to uh substack how do you do this without ads just gain more subscribers i guess i guess i mean that's the only that's the only thing i can think of wow Uh, Medium is, it's the original version of what, what Substack, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like Snapchat 
to Instagram. Snapchat came first with the, the stories and all that stuff. Instagram comes back, makes it better. People stop using Snapchat. If you're still using Snapchat, grow up. Medium, this is how Medium planned to answer Substack. Medium would pay advances to high-profile writers, including the New Yorker's Susan Orlean and antitrust crusader Tim Wu to encourage them to post regularly on the platform. That's what Substack did later. As with its journalism, Medium did not market the program's existence or the writing of the participants, and it's unclear whether Williams considers it a success. Wow, one source said that Orlean from New Yorker was paid $25,000 to write occasionally on the platform compared to the 250000 that Substack gave Matt Iglesias Iglesias and a small number of other high-profile writers. I think I know Matt Iglesias. Uh, that last name looks incredibly familiar. He is not... Oh, he's the Atlantic. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, okay. I mean that's what happens when you when you when you're funding these things out of your own pocket, because you're not getting. I mean their last, God, their last capital came in 2016. Can you imagine that? Being your last valuation while you know Vice is being uh, funded by Disney, before it's being devalued by Disney. That's not funny. I think it's funny, but it's not funny. Vice had all the money in the world. Disney, uh, a bunch of other companies, Facebook, you know, just a bunch of, I think Facebook, a bunch of other companies invested in Vice. And then a couple years later, you know, these scandals, it's wrought with scandals. The upper management uh, is full of trashy guys who are, you know, either uh, treating women poorly, treating writers poorly, uh, I think assaulting women. And then, uh, and then Disney starts selling stakes. <laughs> and then the valuation goes from, you know, a couple billion to a, a couple hundred million. Vice is on its way back. That channel will turn itself right around. The TV channel that they bought from History Channel 2, which turned into Vice, Vice, uh, Vice Network, it'll turn itself around. Because you know what? Cable's coming back, baby. <laughs> Cable's coming back. All right, I'm going to go. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see me talking to comedians. And I promise you, I know it's March. I promise I will have an interview at some point. Where do you go after Chris Gethard? Up. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else, what else? Sorry, I was answering this text message. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> if you want to see a video version of this show, youtube.com slash C plus comedy, where uh, you can see me sitting in front of uh, a couple of two bags of Cape Cod chips, a bag of Snyder pretzels, some boom chicka pop, caramel corn, obviously, and uh, Whole Foods 365 sour cream and cheddar. Wait. White cheddar and cheese? Is that what it is? Anyway, my favorite bag of chips. 
Okay. Also on uh, youtube.com slash equals comedy, you can see our premiere show, News Time, where every week I sit down with a topic and I try to dissect it. This week's episode is about, oh, stop Asian, uh, stop A-A-P-I hate. I've been saying A-P-P-I all week. Stop A-A-P-I hate, how it goes Hollywood. Uh, it's a very funny episode. It's very good. So, uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> this week's about, yeah, it's a good episode. Check it out. And, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at C plus comedy, me at Chad black, white rate and review this uh, thing on uh, Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it. Thank you for listening. I'm going to press the outro button. Bye.